Christ above us, Christ below us, Christ before us, Christ behind us, Christ beside us, Christ be with us. Amen. Please be seated. Henry Nowen is a, a theologian I like a lot, and he wrote this wonderful little book about Christian leadership called um, In the Name of Jesus. And He's a very interesting man because he left the academic life. He was a, a, a Catholic priest, and um, he taught, was a, was a seminary professor and a college professor, and he left acad- academic life late in his life, in the years before his death, to go join a Larch community, which Larch, if you don't know it, is an um, international movement started by a man named Jean Vanier, um, where uh, people with developmental disabilities live together in a spiritual community with uh, people without developmental disabilities who live there as assistants. We have a Larch house here in Atlanta over in Oakhurst. And um, occasionally the Larch guys, it's all men right now, the Larch folks will come and have church with us. And sometimes they'll come on Wednesday night and they'll go up to the attic and play basketball afterwards. And I'm a big supporter of Larch. And Henry Nowen wrote um, in his book that um, the, the really big temptation that Jesus faced in the wilderness was that of the temptation of relevance. Of relevance. Now, I always found that kind of puzzling at first because we think relevance is something good, correct? Um, we want church to be relevant in my line of work because the thinking is that means people will come and listen. And he faced this sin, this temptation in the wilderness when Satan said to him, Turn these stones into bread, Jesus. And Jesus said, what? He said, man cannot live by bread alone. And you think of how relevant Jesus would have been in his day if he had been able to change stones into bread. And Nowen laments in his book that as he walked uh, through Peru on a spiritual pilgrimage, how relevant he would have felt if he could have changed fetid water into clean water and changed uh, stones into bread and the dirt that people lived in, into arable land, he said, that would have been a wonderful thing to be that relevant. And people probably would have followed me from place to place, which is where we find Jesus today, because the crowd has followed him over to the other side of the sea, or word has gotten from one side of the sea to the other before he gets there, that this is the man who can create food out of nothing. And so the people have come to eat this food that Jesus can make, and he recognizes this, and he kind of gives them a little, uh, a little stern talking to. You know, you, you didn't come, you came here because you heard that I can give you something to eat, which in itself is not a bad thing. But you know, the real question that Jesus is dealing with today is that of his relevance. People don't recognize his true relevance in the world goes far beyond the signs and wonders that he produces and towards something that goes even deeper. Indeed, if Jesus had been just some sort of divine magician who raised the dead and healed the sick, we probably would not be doing this today. So his relevance goes deeper towards a more important question, um, a question that we all struggle with, especially in the modern world, um, a question of, you know, for what is it that I really hunger for? 
what is it that I really want? And Jesus addresses this. He says um, to them, uh, believe in me and believe in the Father who did these miracles through me, not me. And what that gets at is not just a, a theological thing. It's not that we just have to agree with Jesus and go, yeah, okay, I believe in your Father, now feed me. You know, it's kind of like when we go to my grandma's house uh, on Sunday uh, and on Thanksgiving Day, and I always loved it when they asked me to pray. I was the family comedian, believe it or not. And, of course, they asked my uh, uncle or my dad or um, one of the pastors in the family to pray. It was a good 10 minutes before we ate. And the fried chicken got cold. And they'd ask me to pray, and I'd go, and believe me, I got into trouble for this. Good bread, good meat, good God, let's eat. You know, quickly, it was quick. God is great, God is good, let us sing for food, I'm in. Of course, we didn't cross ourselves, we were Baptists. Um, but we uh, came together in that time um, under something uh, that was greater than all of us, um, greater than the fact that we were coming together um, to eat this wonderful lunch and to enjoy my grandma's fried chicken. My sermon notes I wrote on there, um, if you really wanted to be relevant to me, you could re- resurrect my grandmother's fried chicken today. Because it's on this day that I miss her. And you know, this day kind of takes us back to what Jesus is talking about, because for many of us on this day, um, it's a hard day. We miss people. We find an empty place at the table, an empty place in our hearts, an empty place in our lives, um, because we notice the people who are not with us. And today as we gather, we'll, I, I'm, I always get asked to pray the blessing, and I do keep it short, um, because I'm the, the resident clergy in the family. And we always take a second and name the people who are not with us, um, back a few generations, and the names go uh, Cleo, Cora, Lester, John, Dolly. And the list goes on and on. Stuart. And so, with these little gatherings that we have today, um, there's something behind them that we can recognize and that Jesus recognizes in this crowd that has come to him. This crowd has come to him today because they are hungry for something besides bread. What are we really hungry for? Nowen says that the question that they are asking when they ask this is this question, do you love me? You look at all the things that we have in this world today that we can be grateful for, And yet still, at the heart of it, in my work with young people, the one thing that I find among them that is consistent and most powerful in their lives sometimes is anxiety and depression and fear. We are cut off from that for which we should recognize as our original blessing, which is this love that God has has sent to us in Jesus Christ. Now and says that when we can let go of the sin of relevance 
and let go of our need as ministers in the world to be relevant and, and to have people like us and approve of us and to validate us, then we can go into the world as people who can look for the love of God and uphold the love of God and bring the love of God And when there is something that is represented as that love that is not the love, we can also be be people who can point it out and say, I don't believe that is the love of God. And then now one goes on to recommend a spiritual practice to go along with this. And that is of meditation and prayer. And with that kind of meditation. It's not just sitting and and chanting a mantra. It's a meditation of thankfulness. And so it's so wonderful that all of you are here today because we'll gather around this table in a meditation of thankfulness that we do every week. The word eucharisto in Greek means thanksgiving. This is the great thanksgiving that God gave himself to us in the person of Christ to show us what this love really was and to answer the question that we all have, do you love me with a resounding and cosmic, yes, I do. Paul gives us a wonderful template for this. There's a spiritual practice that I uphold to my teens a lot of times that has saved me, and Paul talks about it today. Start off our days every day naming things that we are grateful for. Some days, those things are things like breathing, having ten toes and fingers, a roof over my head and three meals, and some days it's things like beauty and truth, Divine intervention sometimes. And Paul points us towards beauty and truth. He says, whatever is true and whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Gratitude is what it all comes down to, friends when we sit in this space where we wonder if we are relevant and if we are loved, if we can return to our grateful place, we can remember who we were created to be, God's beloved. And on into eternity, we can sing out our thanks for this fact of our creation and our life together. Amen.